ho, ho. And welcome to the story fits. That applause was for, not for me. It was for my guest. I'll get to that in a minute. All that applause you heard was, and that ho, ho, ho came from him. He won't refuses to put his hat on, but it came from him. Uh, this is the Story Fitz uh, show uh, hosted by Mike Fitz Gibbons. Clever name there. And uh, it's about good news stories. Our world is inundated with bad news. Every outlet of media you get, you get bad news stories. And there's so many good news stories out there, they just kind of ignore them. Well, we like to highlight some of them when, when we're on here. And this is WSFI 88.5. And here we are. My name again is Mike Fitzgibbons. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. My guest today is a return guest, Joe May. Last time he was here, I think they had to call the police to get us out of here. Uh, Joe, welcome back. It's great to be here. <laughs> and happy holidays. Most importantly, Merry Christmas. Most importantly, uh, we have Santa hats for the picture for the websites, but Joe refuses to put his on, folks, because if you know Joe, he's got his hair done today. Now, you know, men get their hair cut, they get it, whatever, styled, I guess, but his is done. That's a quote. I got my hair done. So whatever that means, uh, Joe's changed a little bit since he stopped teaching, retired from Carmel, High, Carmel Catholic High School last year after, what, 15 years, Joe? 15 years and he's really giving me dirty looks here so we're gonna get right i'm not i'm <laughs> not actually 15 is my magic number and and you talked about the applause the applause was for me i think the applause came from my family members but only 10 of them and i've come <laughs> from 15 so you do come from 15 kids don't you how many went to carmel joe nine 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 god bless your parents uh so You've retired, see the world a little bit differently, obviously. A um, couple mornings you sent me messages of the TV shows you were watching at 1040. <laughs> it's difficult, actually. You know what? I, I wake up, and uh, it's Good Morning America, and then uh, Kelly and Ryan. And then I guess my favorite show in the morning is, is The View. <laughs> and I was thinking this morning, I'm like, okay, so... They spent an hour ripping our president. And I get that. You know, everyone has their opinion. And I'm thinking, well, maybe WSFI should have the show The Pew to rival The View. Do you need to rival The if View? If so show? inclined. Maybe maybe many of the listeners of WSFI like some of the things you're saying that have occurred. <laughs> you know, I nod my head every, every once in a while. <laughs> but The Pew's a good idea. I like that. Would you produce that? I, no. I really have a lot of time on my hands, so I'd be <laughs> more than happy to. There you go. Uh, Joe, on his way here, uh, did not know, seriously, folks, did not know the day of the week, which has led to many retirement stories, you know, where they don't know the day of the week unless it's Sunday and the paper, newspaper's thick on the driveway. But you, he really did not know that we were, we were taping this on a Thursday, and he did not know it was Thursday. And, frankly, that just... <laughs> Well, I'm going to enjoy that the rest of the day. If we have the green light to talk about private conversations, oh, hang on. Here we Let's, go. Here we go. <laughs> Joe, the first part of each show is about, as you know, we try to talk some sports. And you know a lot about sports. You played, you coached, and you keep coaching, and that's a good thing. And, and, and God bless you. You were able to coach some more this year. You know, a lot's happening in the world of high school sports. Excuse the world of high school sports, 
a lot is happening this year in the world of high school sports in Illinois with the IHSA. You know, you have the football situation. I don't know if you follow the news. Uh, you know, Joe has a house up in, on a lake in, or in southern Wisconsin. And, uh, oh, that we all can retire like that. But, ow, um, he's now hitting me with the hat he didn't want to put on. So, you know, southern Wisconsin, where he came from, you know, maybe you're not hearing the same things. And that's, that's cool because it's been in the news now for a couple of days here. Hinsdale South and Hinsdale Central, two pretty big schools in a very big district and uh, have cut a number of sports for next year, but they aren't their typical cuts. When school districts actually reach to the sporting world to make cuts, they've cut football. And that, you, you know, in your world, have you ever... So this is like sending ripples everywhere, and people are talking about that. I've heard over a bunch of times, it's a sign of the times. Uh, that football is getting cut, or is football going to be relegated, or many of the high school sports relegated to, uh, you know, club situations, and the only reason you have high schools is, is academics, and I mean, that could happen uh, when the, because the cost is, you know, astronomical, and you know, you go to, you, if you go to the public high school and you play a sport, you just get to play, you know, you pay a fee, but you get to play, you know, if they, it becomes a club thing, you'll have to pay a pretty penny to play football because of the insurance and, and, uh, equipment but what do you think of that joe i think it's a sad thing mike i it, it scares me because i think some of the greatest lessons that we learn in life are the lessons outside of the classroom now granted there's a lot we learn in the classroom but on the football field on the gym floor on the pitch for soccer the camaraderie that you build and the life lessons that you learn are invaluable well don't we both know that m many of the good really good coaches we both knew along the way you played for i worked with and then they all have said i think your head coach joe mcphee who we both really uh you know respect a lot he he's the one who taught me hey fitz don't forget that that it's just an ex it's just another classroom and he said that'll make you because you're pretty good in the classroom you say you don't know anything about football and i didn't he said, but you could be a good, a good coach because you're a good teacher. So just be, a, just be a teacher. And really, that is a classroom. You're saying it's outside a classroom. You're right. But it's like the classroom without walls idea. It doesn't have walls, but it's still a classroom. And now you're taking that away. Is that what you, the way you see it? It's exactly the way I see it. I, I learned more outside of the classroom in high school and retained more, and, and it stayed with me. So as a person, as a whole person, I think those lessons you learn, how to win, how to lose, how to be a teammate, how to be a supporter, how to be a leader, you can find that on the football field, the baseball field, the soccer pitch. You can find it on a basketball, volleyball court just as easily as you can sitting in front of a, an educator. Although coaches are edu educators. educators that's, and, and, and that's, okay, so, yeah, and, and if it is a sign of the times, what sign is it? Now, there's two, peop there's two ways people are saying that. One of them is, it seems to me, cutting sports and this whole idea of sports being separate from a school. The other is, Joe, and that's what I really, I, other thing I really want to talk about a little bit here is cutting football. The idea that high school football is a dinosaur. It's going to be a thing of the past, the way, it, the way it's done. Tackle football because of the head situation, all of that. Uh, what do you think of that? I struggle with that. You know, I, I played football for probably 
10 years from grade school through high school would have loved to play college football. And I just think the things that you learn in the sport beyond the X's and O's is are so valuable, so valuable. And as you, you mentioned, Coach Joe McPhee, he taught me stuff that I would have never learned. Were in not in for life, him. anywhere. Were, absolutely. Were yeah. not for him. And, you know, it, it's, it's picking up a teammate or picking up an opponent after you've, well, in strange parlance, after you've done them wrong and hit them hard and knocked them to the ground. It's okay to pick them up. I have, I have no issue with that. So those are things that when you're sitting at a classroom desk, you just don't get. Well, and you're and what you're talking about there is the other th- piece. And we and I, you know, as you've been in our home basketball games, the prayer we do before every game has to do with sportsmanship, and that's that's where the sportsmanship picking up a guy after a tackle is sportsmanship, and look around. It's not exactly being practiced in the sports. Well, I don't know if you're watching, but I know you are. On TV, are they are that sportsmanship where they're pointing at the guy on the ground or, you know, after they dunk on somebody in bat, they're pointing, you know, how that goes. And it, There's not a lot of that, and they need to learn that. And if football is a way for them to learn it, which I, which I believe it is. I mean, I think about the other piece I think about is, is injuries. You know, having, you know, and I didn't think, I, I was a coach a long time, and of course I did think of it, but it was really brought right to my attention when I watched my son tear his uh, ACL and then his labrum in college and come back. But I watched him suffer and how to deal with those, how to deal with that, how to learn how to handle adversity in life like that. I mean, that's different adversity than losing. Adversity where your body's, you know, like in, so football taught him that. Oh, there's absolutely no doubt how how to handle adversity and, and, and that was often a phrase that that uh, Andy Bitto would use as coach of Carmel is there's more adversity. We need to learn how to handle that. Okay, we can face this. We can face it together. We can face it individually. And, you know, talking about strength in numbers, a sport like football feeds right into that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot I've been thinking about with the Hinsdale situation. And that brings me... To the other situation going on, that I, well, there's two more things I want to ask you about. One is your experience this fall because it was unique for you uh, in your life. And so I want to go back to that. He, he coached at Lakes High School, folks, and Lakes did very, very well. And, and you know, you were part of a lot of great games and a great staff there. With, and you, what, you, what you discovered, of course, it wasn't a discovery, but you relearned that really young men are young men everywhere. And they're great guys and they work hard when you, you know, when. So I know you're going to talk a little bit. I want you to be able to talk to that. But but how about this? Re, have you heard about the IHSA restructuring? They haven't come out with the, the district looks yet, but they're restructuring, and it's by... I, I have. You know, what I, what I think is scary about that is that they approved it, and there were a number of schools, 600-some schools. They, they approved this redistricting. Uh, which would probably absolve the Catholic conferences, the ESCC, the the Chicago Catholic League. But they didn't draw out what it was going to be. No. And and I think that's that's like building a house before you speak to an architect and you have drawings. Well, and what it allow, what it allows for is speculation. 
And then when you see the speculation, like the Northwest Herald put out like a whole possible, quote unquote, read the way it's going. The whole state's going to look. They put it out. It was out. It was printed. It was. So now you have people looking at that and hoping or not hoping or mad or not mad before they get to see the real thing. What it seems to me, don't announce that. Isn't that putting a cart before the horse? I wait. Announce it when you're ready to show people what you mean, so you could sell both of the. Am I wrong here? Absolutely. Be, you know. I'm absolutely uh, wrong, or I, no, no, no. You're absolutely right for once, and uh, <laughs> I say that respectfully. <laughs> no, Happy don't. holidays to you. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but what uh, you know? Uh, here's what I believe in, and I learned this from my my wonderful wife Diane, and wow, who was an HR. A shameless shout out. A shout out. He's gonna fast forward to this. <laughs> God, I can't believe it. Yeah, I just you know. I didn't put up the the fourth tree, so she's a little <laughs> upset with me. Uh, He's I, not lying, I, I folks. I he apologize. is not lying. Uh, well, there's a fifth <laughs> one after that. So, if you're supposed to know the story and you don't know the story, you make things up. So people are going to look at this Northwest Herald article, which is going to circulate through social media and everything. It already has. And they're going to look at it and, and they're going to freak out and say. Oh my God! Why do we have to pay, play Mount Carmel, Joliet Catholic, and you know, Providence in the same season? But I don't think anything has really been delineated. It's not, which is sad. And <laughs> why would you approve not. something <laughs> in the house? Why would look you, who's in the house? Why would you approve something? <laughs> look who's in the house. <laughs> Mark Curran just walked into the house, folks. Hello, sir. Happy Ma- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. He's going to sing uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" next inning. <laughs> great to see you. I loved your uh, last album. <laughs> loved your last album. <laughs> My God. Is he going to put some headphones on? Are you going to put yeah. some headphones on? Sure. Well, uh, don't give him working ones, though. Don't give them. Yeah, we'll pretend you're on, Mark, and, okay. and then, you, you know, you're going to have to use the mic. There you go. Yep. Can you hear me? No. And, and again, Joe, oh, now we're going to be able to hear him. Okay. So, my guest today is Joe May and, oh, well, Mark Kern. There we go. <laughs> what are plans for to, 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 go to, to change him? It's Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas both of y'all. <laughs> both of y'all. <laughs> well, we were talking. Actually, you can jump right in. Sure. We're talking about this redistricting they're doing in high school football. Oh, terrible. There you, there you go. Joe was dancing around that word. <laughs> Yeah, ho- absolutely horrible. Are you are you surprised that Mark just jumped right in without? Yeah. <laughs> can the dis- can the he IHSA me. can are the IHSA show their disdain for Catholic schools any more than they've done for the last fifty years? I mean, just you know, destroy rivalries. You know, just take what we love about ourselves, the uniqueness, and, and just blend us into the public, you know, school world where we already play public school games, anyways. Yeah. There is always the option, though. There is always the option if the Catholic schools want to be their own entity. And that's that's a possibility. That rumor is out there. Yeah, there's already talk about that. Now, I haven't heard it. Nothing official. Stop, don't quote Mike Fitzgibbons. However, folks, I've heard that, that that's out there. They're thinking about that. So can they get into the IHSA playoffs if they do that? No. That won't. You know the IHSA won't allow that because the IHSA has too much to lose. So a series of prep bowls? 
Yeah, a series of prep bowls, stuff prep like that's not a bad idea. Yeah. You know, you have something for the suburbs, something for the city. You know, you do stuff like that. Right. But, you know, before 1974, people don't remember, before 1974, there were no state playoffs. Right. And then for a while, the Catholic, Catholic League wasn't even in. Right. They stayed out, and then, you know, finally in the late 70s, the Catholic League got in, and then that was not good for the IHSA. So, so I think so it would be better for the Catholic schools to break away. Wow. Wow, you heard it yeah. here first. What yeah. do you think, Joe? That would be an interesting scenario. It's been talked about ever since I started coaching at Carmel in 2003. There has been that discussion, especially in 2005, 2006, when they uh, did the multiplier, which meant that Catholic school enrollment would be inflated just because it was a, well, they would call it a, a boundaried school or non-boundaried school. But, uh, for instance, Carmel was 1,300 students, but we were categorized as a 2,100 to 2,200 student school. So we would play the... And, and that's all well and good. If you're a good school, in fact, this year Nazareth chose to go 7A instead of 6A or 5A, in which they were classified. Uh, I think it would be interesting... Because that would be movement away from the IHSA and Catholic schools not having to follow IHSA rules would be able to recruit, recruit players if they could so afford them. According to most of the people in IHSA, Catholic schools are already doing that and getting away with it. So, you yeah, know, that would be just, wrong. Oh, they're just doing more of what they always do anyway. That's what they're saying. They but would just be allowed to then. It's legal. It's legal. And how would they, under that theory, how would they be able to make the sell when the IHSA would tell you that, you know, there's nothing uh, that a Catholic school can offer that, that's unique and better? But that's exactly what the IHSA would and still does. Yeah. And so, you know, it, that's why they would never play off. They would never allow a comp because the IHSA has, they're the ones that bring that that kind of talk so they're not going to say okay play us because you know what happens then you know <laughs> they lose and look how they look right. uh and they will lose there's no right. there's not a chance they wouldn't lose oh it's absolutely uh, not you look at what happened this year you had catholic schools playing off against them, each other in the state championship games right <laughs> two levels loyola and loyola joliet catholic yeah they're nazareth yeah, it's like did montini win again Martini, no, they lost. But yeah. they, it, it's still, yeah. they're all, they, they all made a, they it. They lost to Jolie yeah. Catholic. They lost to Jolie Catholic. Decatur, wow. St. Teresa even made it to the, like, uh, the semifinals and down in those levels. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, they, they, they can't stand it. They look, they line up. All they care about is they cheer against the Catholics. And, right. you know, what, what are we back in the Middle Ages? or What, uh, what age is that? Or, or, or back in the 1800s in yeah. the United States. Or, yeah. So the, the <laughs> Lake County, the largest um, religion is, is none. Forty-six percent of Lake County has no religious affiliation whatsoever. And out of, out of still out of a hundred percent, thirty to thirty-one is Catholic. So that's seventy-six percent of Lake County is either none or Catholic. So wow, yeah, just some, you know, we're, I, I think that the nuns are going to hate Catholic you know, the Catholic schools and the Catholic Church more than anyone else. Well, I don't know that the nuns have ever really hated yeah. the Catholic. 
N O N E. Yeah. You mean the yeah. N O N E? Yeah, yeah, very good. N O N E. I caught I caught that by yeah. the way, which yeah. is pretty good. You know, I'm I'm doing mind games and stuff in retirement, just trying to keep my things fresh. But I'm um, I'm a bit off my game, so right. I really appreciate the the invite. Oh, I, yeah. I have so keep, I have, uh, your wife called and asked me to help keep you awake. This so is that's therapy why, for this me. This is therapy. Uh, One hundred twenty-five so bucks an hour. Or what? What? What's what's the yeah, going rate? You don't even start. You're. Uh, <laughs> so you're thinking. What's the bottom line here? What's the end line here? Mark, what do you think? you think the Catholic League is going to back out? Catholics? There's 24 yeah, schools. Yeah, I think that, so here's what I would say. Um, historically, Catholic schools, and this is the problem with the culture, is that we look more like the culture than ever, and, you know, we're supposed to be countercultural. So if it was some strong Catholics that were leading these Catholic schools, they'd break away. But, you know, I think that ultimately the problem is that uh, – you know the the Father Husberg mindset of you know we'd rather be a good school than a than a Catholic school, whatever a good school in their mind is, and that's not. Um, you know, I, th- I think that you know that that's not uh, Catholic schools. What they have to offer is unique, and it needs to be unique. So, I would break away from the IHSA. I mean, the IHSA future is they're going to be having, uh, you know, the the. The transgender queen will be the halftime, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> celebration. And, and, uh, well, that'll be the transgender <laughs> king, by the All way. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the IHSA has nothing. What happened? Nothing, they're, they're not teaching their young people to be the warriors that the Catholic schools are. Uh, or could be. That, that certainly is a point. And, you know, I was just sitting there thinking... I left the house this morning. I, what happened? What happened when I got here? <laughs> See what happened? They tried to make me decorate a tree in the outer office. This is the problem, Angela. Uh, yes, I, I. Well, there is a big difference, obviously, in education. People think there's no difference. Uh, people's thing about Catholic schools is it's a, a good Catholic school is just like a good public school with God. And, and I'm like, and I always say to them, "What does that even mean? Right. Do you have any clue what that means?" And yeah. you're not you, when you're fostering values. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a whole lot different going on. So you know, um, I lectured at DePaul University a number of times, and I I don't think there's a classroom at DePaul University that has a cross in it. And I used to have these conversations with Cardinal George that you know that um, the last president. It's not. It's not Catholic. I wish they'd shut the thing down, or at least it, you know, <laughs> proudly announce what you are—a secular institution. And you know, once again, Catholics, we, we, you know, we're not supposed to be cultural, or, you know, or blend with the culture. We're supposed to be countercultural. What we teach nowadays, in terms of what the culture teaches, and people like to take their shots at the Holy Father, but even. Uh, Let's assume that the Holy Father is a liberal, as he is in some the minds of some uh, Catholics. What he teaches is so countercultural to what Hollywood teaches, what the public schools teach, what the you know the, the mainstream media teaches. And so, you know, ultimately, we are not to blend in. We are we are preparing warriors for times where um, the Catholic Church and Catholics in general will be under great attack. It certainly could be heading in that direction. And in Chicago, let me try to bring steer this back. In Chicagoland, next year anyway, 
The Catholic League and the East Suburban Catholic are, are combining into 24 schools for a football conference. Once again. Yes. Once again. And you remember, Joe, that that's the way it was. And then, okay, we combine, then we split. And now they're going to combine again because it just, if you look at it, it just makes sense. So it, it's a more competitive situation possibly for the Catholic schools. And it goes along with what Mark is saying because you might as well play each other because, you know, because of the bad, sure. all of the things going on with the IHSA. So I think, I think so really that part of the world is headed for, you know, for what you're saying. I mean, we might as well get, because it, it's going to become more distant from each other as it is. It's, it's, it's happening already. And, you know, and so, and I think Catholic schools are getting out in front of it, frankly. I think some of their good high schools are anyway, because I know ours is, you know, there's a lot of vision about what the way a high school is supposed to look in the future. It, not the way our, our public school system is in the I, United States of America. I would think that, you know, as the next couple years roll out with the, the merger from the ESCC and the CCL, I would think that they're going to play that conference and things are going to run with the expectation or the possibility that they may end up being part of a, a larger scale uh, combination of Catholic schools. I think you're right. Apart from the, the public schools. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Uh, this is the show, The Story Fits, WSFI 88.5 FM. Retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847 548 Matt, 847 548 6288. Products not available in all states. My name is Father Robert McDermott. I'm from St. Rock Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Catholic Radio is important to keep Catholics informed about Catholic events. We know in the mainstream media there's many times that Catholic stories are distorted, and so Catholic Radio is important to present the truth with clarity and fairness. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. 
Hi, this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. For baptism, we have cradle medals, baby Bibles, wall crosses, and nightlights. We have beautiful baptismal gowns and accessories, as well as invitations and cards. If you have a First Holy Communion in your family, we have a wide variety of mass books and gift sets, rosaries and medals. We have exquisite veils for the girls and ties for the boys, along with all of the necessary party supplies. Our suggestions for new confirmants include personal-sized Bibles, prayer books, and other spiritual readings that can follow them through their lifetime. And don't forget the godparents and sponsors. We have gifts and cards for them as well. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Wow. That was upbeat for... There we go. And then the show music. Mike Fitzgibbons, The Story Fits, WSFI 88.5, Christmas version. Old friend Joe may stop by, and then the door opens up, and when you leave the doors open and don't lock them, and Mark Curran walked in. So who else is going to walk in? Bring one of those folks from outside. So, you know, what we'd like to do in the second part of the show is just tell stories, Joe and, and Mark, and this is uh, story time, and I'd like to bring a couple of the ones that I've noticed that really hit me in, in like, had head shaking ways and some of them are big some of them are small but you know uh there's a uh i don't know let's go global first because i think it's a really important thing and a real important announcement that people don't, probably don't know about but uh you know sickle cell anemia is a problem and has been a problem for one percent of the African-American population in the United States of America for a long, long time. And then they got, they found something. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but they found something. And then in America, you could take that drug, and it's really kind of wiped it out here. There's not a lot of incidents. It's there, but it's not. You know what I'm saying. Certainly way less than 1% now. What they couldn't give it to, to kids in sub-Saharan Africa because of the diet and the, and, and the, the water there's some kind of some kind of chemicals in the water that they get they finally do get to drink and so but and so it is out out of control kill, killing kids left and right and and in a way that we don't even want to get into on a show like this well a couple of doctors said let's try a study and give it to them anyway we tried it before let's do it again we got better the medicine has gotten better let's try it well guess what not only is it working it's working like crazy it's wiping out in whole towns, it's wiping out sickle cell anemia. And you know what happens in sickle cell? You know, where the, in the in the blood cells, it, it they become sickles, and you can't you can't get anything in there. And so, it's a sim, it's a it sounds simple, but it's not. But in in sub-Saharan Africa, that is not going to be a killer in the next ten years. And and it's like one of the biggest killers there right now, as we speak still. But it's going like like off the edge of a cliff. Praise praise God. Yes, don't you think? Yeah. And and my only as I say at the beginning of the show, we hear all the bad news. Why isn't that one leading off the news one night? I had to find that and then look it up and then look it up again. and it. Ugh. But anyway, isn't that great news? I, that's what I want to start yeah, with. Don't you always feel a little guilty that we live in this country and that people are born into you know that 
that environment. Well, we it, never have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, and it's yeah. so nice to hear that lives yeah. will be extended potentially. Lives, yes, and 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 they, and and they have a chance. Okay, so let's let's roll. I got a bunch of ones that I just want to throw out there that that I know you probably read about the hero bus driver in the in the in that crazy bad fire out in California, and uh, he's a school bus driver, and he was supposed to go in, and then they w they said you can't go in. You can't. It's dangerous. And it's it, there are kids in a building with teachers. And they're blocking the road, and he just jumped back on his bus. And he went right into the fire. And he got a busload of kids, and he told the, the teachers, bring water out. And they brought out some containers of water, and he started because he knew it was going to be trouble. He, so he's driving, and the, the road's burning. Smoke is coming in. It's, kids are coughing. And he tells the, the teachers are shaking. They don't know what to do. He's, he's yelling directions. Dip, dip, rip your shirt, rip my sweater. Make, put it over the kids' mouths with water. Dip it in water. And the kids are breathing through the water, and they're on the floor with the teachers. And he's driving in the middle of it. And he got them all out. <laughs> you didn't hear about that? And so what was the uh, alternative if he hadn't done that? They, they were going to try and get a helicopter in there. And so... Was death likely if yes. he hadn't done that? Yes, and this would be one of the big stories of the year. Yeah, a whole school of kids, uh, and he got. I don't know how I didn't hear about that. Oh, it's, Honestly, it's a, it's you know, a great story. As much TV as I watch <laughs> these days, mm -hmm. uh, actually, it's not all that. Okay, much. you ready for his quote? But, I love the quote. I love the quote to simple people who do great things. Quote: Well, seemed like the thing to do at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, and and you know what. It, it's people like that, and, and people who are heroic and do heroic things, and people who are heroes, they don't need to stand on the rooftop and tell people that. In fact, they probably would rather do without any accolades. Uh, well, he and certainly just be happy he with was what like, they did. If you saw the video, which I went and looked up, if you saw the video on the news, he was like, I, yeah, I don't belong. Get me out of here. I don't belong on the news. And so that connects with another story that just happened. We, you know, remember when they had that snow in the south, like, and they don't, they don't know what they're doing when it snows in the south. Well, they had like ice in the streets, and and a bus driver in suburban in, sub in Atlanta, in a small town north of Atlanta, bus driver finds out that the school is not going to be they're not going to be able to cook breakfast, and do all the things the kids usually get. So he's got fifty kids on his route. He goes, he gets up early, he pulls his bus into McDonald's and buys fifty breakfast sandwiches and drinks and drives. And that is awesome. And all these parents and the principal are like, "What is this?" He goes, what is it? It costs less than it does to take my family out to dinner. We're do we, we, that was a good idea. Yes, sir. That was a good idea. All right, so here's the Good Samaritan story I told you about earlier. That This one hit me. Now, I want to hear what you think. So here's a dad, three, three in their 20s, kind of almost like you're getting to be, certainly like you are. Okay, so, all right, and I am too. Uh, so he gets on an airplane. And he sits down, and they buckle up, and there's something on his seat. He reaches behind him. It's a wallet. He looks at it. It's the wallet of a 20-year-old guy. Inside, there's $60 and, a, and a, an envelope with a, with a paycheck in it. And he looks at it and goes, I've been there. Then he says, my kids have been there. And he's got this life perspective. So he goes to his, he flies, he's flying home. He gets home, he gets on the internet and gets on Facebook and searches the kid. Finds him. Finds out a little bit more about him, which you can do. And mails him his wallet, throws 40 extra dollars in it, and he says, and sends a note. 
says, hey, found your wallet on the airplane, figured you were missing it, threw an extra 40 in, go out and celebrate, found my, got my wallet back bite. <laughs> so, so have a great day, and doesn't sign it. And so the guy, the kid gets it. His mom said he gets a package in the mail. They've been looking everywhere. They're, the kid is de- de- destroyed that he's, I've, I've done it again, you know, one of those things. I hate my, you know, one of those. And mom is like, doesn't know what to He's screaming, Ma, look at it. And then they start laughing. She starts crying. Oh, my God, who is it? We don't know. Mom and the kid get on Facebook. And they go back. And then they find out the airline. What? Maybe it was the airline. They call the airline. They won't tell her. They won't tell them. But they tell them enough to give them a hint. And they look, 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 and they find the guy. <laughs> he, the kid makes a connection. And now, guess what? Now they're, now they're buddies. It's like so, unbelievable. Yeah. So um, where's the St. Anthony of Pawas fit into the, uh, <coughs> right? No, exactly. Go ahead. No, just, I mean, do you uh, do you ask for his intercession when you lose your things? I, do, I don't bury things in the yard, uh, but, yes, I don't ask. I, I don't ask specifically for St. Anthony of Padua. Who do I ask? Who, who's the other one? Somebody no, no he's for the he's patron saint of lost souls but i think in our culture we've extended him for lost but anything there's a lost anything yeah there's a saint anthony that. didn't your mom tell you to pray to saint anthony no really no joe did yours uh no she uh <laughs> told you to get back in the room and find it <laughs> yeah she said yeah exactly go to your room lock it so I, book, my mom always told me that okay. he was flying he was flying to his sister's wedding Angela, did your mom tell you to pray to St. Anthony? I still pray to her. I think I'm losing my mind. Yeah. So, St. Anthony, what's the matter with these wait, guys? Wait, I mean, that was wait, like. Mark, you know. did you hear <laughs> that she's praying for her lost mind? Yeah. Now, can St. Anthony even begin to help with that? Lost mind. So, we have a patron saint for um, mental lost. illness. Um, wait a minute. I said I lost my mind. I didn't say it was mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Good yeah. f- Good feed. Yeah. That's my 2019 goal. Mental illness is a good escape. So, you know what? We're all mentally ill in some... Adam and Eve, the fall, right? We're all disordered in some way or another. So, Joe, what do you you think uh, about our dude? Well, here's the deal. On on St. Anthony, I I like to uh, spread the prayers around to different saints. And if I pray to St. Anthony every time I lost something, I'd only be praying to St. Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the uh, this the story on the plane that is uh, it it speaks to, I think what is the the natural, God given, behavior of man is to do the right thing and do the right thing for others, and not really ask for anything in return. Thus, he didn't sign the, uh, he he didn't let the receiver best part know of the story anything best part of the story and he didn't have to because. The greatest rewards we have in life are the intrinsic ones. So can I take an opposite perspective? No. I, I th- no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's man's natural disposition. I think because of our fallen nature and that if we just blend with the culture, there's very little redeeming about us. It's only through the grace that comes from our Lord. You know. So my guess is this guy had a prayerful life or did something to connect himself yes, with but but we're born good. We're, we're not born bad. We're born good. We're also gifted by God. We're, we're gifted we're born free will. So he would have had 
yeah. free will would have said, well, you know what, the guy's he's a, a dumb dumb, and I'm going to keep the sixty bucks, and and I'm going to use his identity to, you know, to achieve what I can. Yeah. So I, I mean, we're born good. We're born. I, you know, those are philosophical. But when you no, look at no, theological. Theological. That's a Catholic tenet. We are born good, Mark. <laughs> that's not no, philosophical. Right. That's 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 right. Catholic. And I'm trying to remember what the catechism says exactly. But you know, I I would say this much that do you think that you know somebody that, that just blends with today's culture is you know I mean that. No, but, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't, and we only hear about the people that do. And so that that's why I have a show, is so, is so we can hear other stories about people that don't blend <laughs> with the culture, that don't. Yeah. That, that's the so bad I, news. Right, This right, is good news. Right. I guess, you know, I mean, so it, it's an ethnic thing as well. So I'm Irish. So am I. So we, we don't really think we're good, no matter what. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so well, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm Irish too, but, you know, we used to be McMays. I was just kind yeah. of embarrassed from being Irish, so I right. took the Mac Well, off. I won't even tell you. I'm a Fitzgibbons. You know what Fitz means? You can look that up. I'm not going to tell you. But, you know, that there were different tribes in, in Ireland. And, uh, the the Fitz, Fitzgibbonses were related to the Gibbonses in an interesting way. We're not going to get into that, but we're going to talk about Don Powell. Don Powell's in his late 80s. Don Powell had a little carpenter shop off his house. He has a little shop right next to his house that he works in. And, he, and it was only a hobby. He had a career, did all these things, raised kids, raised grand, he has grandkids and grand, great-grandkids. And what he did in the, wood, the carpenter shop was his hobby. He would build wooden toys for his children and grandchildren. And, you know, he, he did it for a lot of years. Well, then they all grew up, including his great-grandchildren. And he said, well, I still got money, and I still got wood. I'm still going to make toys. And so he calls up a local toy shop, and they said, well, sure, we'll buy them from you. He goes, no, I don't want you to buy them. I already bought them. I want you to give them away. To whom? Well, to whom? Find out some, find some kids who need toys. So they call some hospitals, and sure enough, boom, the door was open. Well, the first year, it was like 40 kids. Uh, it's 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 over a thousand right now, and it's so he's so backed up, and he's in his late eighties now, that his grandsons, have, drive over there, <laughs> their last three weeks before Christmas, and they're in the woodshop with them, from the time they get off work till one o'clock in the morning, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he keeps and he uh, he says, uh, I, you know they keep wanting to pay me, this is a, can you picture an eighty eight year old guy, they keep wanting to pay me. I don't want our money. I got the money. I got the wood. I just got to make the toys. And then he slid his thumb about two weeks ago making toys. And so they, you know, he slowed him down. And it's really mad because he's got to make, he's got deadlines. So his, now what he's got, he's got a Christmas sock wrapped around his thumb so he could finish. <laughs> and, of course, we're on the radio. I can't show you the picture, but it, it, you would have died laughing at the picture. And the two grandsons. The look of love in her eyes, and while well, they're smiling and laughing at the grandfather is amazing. And they said the reason they're doing it because they did get to spend some more time with him. Now that story, I, you kidding? Oh my! I, I I think it's awesome. I you're telling me the story, and all I'm picturing is this guy with you know, uh, white hair and a big long white beard. And it's like Santa Claus. It's like Santa Claus. Santa Claus and himself. He, you know, he doesn't look anything like that. But that's what I thought too. He's actually bald and no beard little bit of a mustache and, and oh, but older and slender like really thin but he's at it he's at it 
it's great stuff, isn't it? It's like when you, when you hear, think Christmas, you think stuff stuff like that, and that stuff's going on. Well, I, as you know, the story about the guy doing the meals up in uh, McHenry where, that started with, "Hey, let's put some boxes together for meals," and they had forty people and five guys, and they did it with their wives. And now it's, I was there. I was there Saturday morning, Joe. Four hundred people fed. No, four hundred people working. Four hundred people working. Myers wow. Myers used to give a discount on some of the canned goods. Myers now gives thirty five hundred dollars of food and they drive their truck over so they can deliver it. They deliver it to women's shelters, old folks' homes, and they still have the parade of cars that drive through for boxes. It is literally thousands of meals. It's it's the uh it's unbelievable. Well, you know what? It's the season of giving and and a guy like this is probably working year round to take care of these these kids and, and I get that. Uh but it's a season of giving. And you may feel deprived if you didn't get the gift you were looking for. And uh, you know what? That all goes away. The more that you give, the more you feel good inside. Well, what's that old saying? Love's like a boomerang. You throw it out there, you just don't, you're going to get it back. You just don't know how, right? Or you don't know where or what. You've got to be right. ready for the angle. If yeah. you let your eyes open, you're going to get it. Right. So you don't want to miss it. And that's the way, you know, I, I, hear, I heard that a speaker said that, and I went, yeah, that makes sense to me, you know. And I sure this uh, okay jumping. Brad and Jessica Brown, Orlando, Florida, they're getting married. Huge wedding party. So they had their bachelorette party, bachelor party, and they said, okay, now we want to have a a party. We want to invite you two, and they invite their huge wedding party and their significant others, and they tell to meet us at Toys R or Target. That Target was a Target. Meet us at Target. They're like, what's going on? They get them out there in the morning. This just happened a week ago. Get them out there. They give them all $10. And they said, get in and shop. Toys for tots. Go. And they're like, what do you mean? We're going to give them. That's what we're here for. It's a party that we want to give away toys to Toys for Tots for kids. So here's some names. Pick a name. Go shop. And so they all, to a person, said, well, why are you only giving us 10 bucks?" And they said, have at it. And so <laughs> it turned into thousands of dollars, and they, well, I think, now I'm trying to get the name, I think I'm right, there was 25 people standing up, plus a significant other, so that was, yeah, because they gave $500, so that was 50 people who then took a person, and and you know they gave more than 10 And went shopping. And, and, and so it was like a truckload of toys, right. and they delivered all the toys to us. That was their wedding, that was their thought about, we're getting married, and we want to spread the spread the love. That was what they thought. Yeah. And I named them because that that's a young couple. That's not you know you you get a little a little, little age under you, you kind of get hey we got to get back. That's a young couple's already giving back. And I thought wow you mm -hmm. know that that struck me. You know. What's your favorite Christmas story, Joe? Oh gosh. Uh, I'm putting on the spot. I, I have a few. I have a few, and uh, I have to say, because Christmas is a season, okay? There's right. a reason they call it a season. Right. So I would say that uh, in, in 1988, uh, my wife and I had been married for a couple of years, and, and in, I believe it was June, April, she said, well, we're going to have a baby. And the target was, the, the date she was told was going to be somewhere around Christmas. Uh, in fact... December 16th was the date that the, the doctor gave us. 
and this is it's pretty cool, you know. It's our first going to be our first child, and on uh, the night of December sixteenth, the suggested date, we took a ride to Lake Forest Hospital, and uh, you know it's pretty simple. Our 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 daughter Lauren was born, and uh, it was an experience of a lifetime. And I know I'm talking to dads here. Uh, it couldn't be any cooler, and it couldn't have made the holiday season any cooler. The day we got her home, we said, well, we got to dress her up like Santa Claus or like an elf or something <laughs> like that. And we propped her up under the tree, under the tree, uh, with pillows by each side, and everything was red or green, and, and uh, we took pictures. And, and those are some of the, the, the f my favorite pictures. And easily, easily, my fondest Christmas time memory. Can I put you on the spot there, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably a little bit of a bah humbug, I'll be honest with you. I had a, you know, kind of a tough old man, and uh, so Christmas was never great for me. And also, um, you know, the seasonal affective disorder and the lack of sunlight and everything else, I get depressed. And I, I'm going to tell you, there's probably a lot of people out there that do. I made it to Mass this morning. I get to Mass all the, you know, every day, you know, through the Advent season. And so, you know, I, I wish, you know, the the excitement of the birth of Jesus and everything, but it's for me, it's a, it's a real struggle. But I'm blessed that I have a wife that um, what begins watching Hallmark movies in the middle of the summer, you know, when they, when they start with the Christmas movies. And she's, like, all over everything. And, you know, and she's, like, and my kids always say, nobody likes Christmas more than Mom. And this year... For whatever reason, you know, I mean, she was maybe a little bit down. And our youngest, who's 14, said, uh, said, Mom, when are we going to put the tree up? And then he spent the whole the whole day with her decorating the wow. tree. And so, um, you know, I think that just for me, it's, it's you know, that it's a, it's a struggle. But then on Christmas Day, you know, the kids are going through. And just to have all your kids there, you know, we got three boys and the the dog is like ripping through the paper and stuff like that. It's just kind of a fun morning, you know what I mean? Sure. And um, but that's I, Easter is my. I think Easter is the one where I I well, I, 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 I you know. But you just that was that those two things were heartwarming, and I put you on the spot. But I'll yeah. take that anytime. The Hallmark movies they've been oh, going yeah. to my house forever yeah. too. And then and then uh, you know. Isn't that a great picture? Three boys going through toys, or wrapping paper, and, and a dog running through it. I, you know, that's that's idyllic. Right. So, so yeah, that's a that's that's a million bucks. Here's what I was thinking when I was driving over here. You know, I got a bunch of them, and uh, when when we bought our house in in '98, the one we live in now, my wife had this vision. Okay, make up great room, do all this stuff. So they're doing construction. It's going to take eight weeks, and no, it took. Uh, it took eight months. <laughs> so we lived with my in-laws, which, by the way, God bless them both. I don't know how they did that. Uh, God bless them both. There's a special place in heaven. However, okay, it got to be close to Christmas. Now I got a daughter who's eight. I got a son who's five and a son who's four. And my daughter just blurts out at dinner one night, hey, we're not home. Is Santa going to be able to find us? <laughs> and so we calmed, calmed that one down, like, but that, that not a five and four-year-old. The eight-year-old was able to get with the logic, but not five. They started crying and wouldn't stop. And my father-in-law whispers over to me, puts his hand and says, hey, I got a fully lit up Christmas tree that we left in the storeroom downstairs. 
get it over to your house. And I said, for what? They still, part of the back of the house was still plastic, you know, plasticed up. He said, you can get the heat up to 60. You can stay there for a night. And he had, his eyes were left, an old Marine. Oh. And he's like, you can do it. And I turned to my, Mary and Mary. <laughs> so we spent Christmas Eve morning fixing up this, like our living room. Right. And the kids were jacked up. They're, of course, they got in, and the three of them are like, gosh, it's cold. Yeah, well, what do you think? <laughs> and so, you know what? I, it's one of the most memorable Christmases I've ever had. And, and, and literally, you could walk outside in the back and walk right up, just push plastic. Right. There was no doors and walls up yet. That's, that's really cool. You, you know, when, when I met Diane, this is back in 85, the Bears' Super Bowl season. And, and they had tickets, so that kind of, you know, that sealed the deal. But the first Christmas I spent with her family on Christmas Eve, there was nothing. There was no sign of Christmas, maybe a little cookie preparation and stuff like that. But her parents would wait until they get, went to bed, and they would, they would dress the tree, they would wrap presents, and they would put decorations throughout the house the night before. So in a span of probably six, seven hours, they made Christmas for their kids. The coolest thing, and I was a doubter. I was a doubter that, that first Christmas when I was with her. And the next day, we went over to their house, and it was uh, like, oh, my God, here we are. Cool Th- stuff. That yeah. is, that's, that's, isn't it? And a lot of people do it, do it that way. You right. Know, and they, try right. To grab, they try to really grab the meaning of the season, and, yeah. and, and, the, and it keeps them more spiritual because sure. they don't want to make it so... Commercial. Commercial. Uh, I, if you can fight that, though. You know, you can fight that. Right. I, you know, we... What do you think about this whole... Uh, so there's this big fight going on. Trump's kind of in the, everybody's face. Merry Christmas. And then you got the secularists, like Luis Gutierrez in Congress, that takes it to the level that it's offensive to say Merry Christmas and then you have to uh, say Happy Holidays. I, uh, I say, seriously... I say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, and what else would you like me to say? I'll say them all. So, uh, so I, I, I'm right. I, I am right. I am. So I'm thinking that you got to be a people person because one of the stories I didn't get to what's what's going on in London, where you have all kinds of problems, and in East London, which used to be primarily Jewish, it's now primarily Muslim, and the the Muslims reached out to the Jews to, to say what was your big celebration in Hanukkah, and it's called a mitzvah. It, it, it's a meal. Yeah. That's what they did in London. They taught, and every year they reteach the Muslims how to cook the soup, the mitzvah soup and stuff. And so the, so the, it's the biggest mosque in, in Europe, supposedly. It's in East London. They serve it on this day in December, right in, <laughs> right in Christmas week. Cause mm-hmm. they, okay, they serve it, to, and the Jews come. It's yeah. like the coolest thing. And so, you know, we believe right. what we believe, and that's what they basically they're saying. And there's so right. much bad press about Muslims and Jews and Catholics. Right. And you know what? Merry Christmas, what I say. Merry Christmas right. and happy holidays yeah. and happy Hanukkah. And throw it in, Joe. Happy Quasma. Ha- yeah. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Quasma. I went to school oh. with him. You went to, yeah, you went to school with him. Hey, everybody. It's the Story Fits. It's WSFI FM. It's 88.5. It's been great. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas.